0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to Positively Midwest. I'm Steve Jerns, and across from me, as always, is my lovely wife, Catherine.
1: Well, hello there.
0: And holy smokes, America, globe, world. This is episode number 50, our 50th episode of Positively Midwest. I never thought that we'd be where we are today. And uh, the little bit of following that we have, we got the group, i um, almost 1,700, and our like page is over 500, and... Um, we're just having a lot of fun. It's been a fantastic year. Yeah. So we've changed our intro and outro music. Thanks to John Wayne in the pain uh, for allowing us to steal your tunage. Uh, check them out on the web. Of course. Great, great modern reggae band. Um, we have our beautiful island theme reggae background music. No copyright intended. All about the easy listening. <sighs> so, episode 50 is fantastic. I'm excited. This is the longest intro we've ever had, but I'm super pumped for number 50. We've got Liz Priestley, and she's in a movie that's coming out soon on Netflix. Yeah, she's in a movie.
1: Woo!
0: <laughs> and it's Concrete Cowboys. And, Liz, would you like to say hi to all these fancy listeners?
2: Fancy listeners. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me, you guys. Well,
0: thank you for joining us. I know you've probably done a few podcasts recently, and to squeeze us into your schedule means a lot.
2: No, no worries. I'm, You know, I'm new to the podcast thing. This is really fun. I'm like, I want to start a podcast. I, You know, I'm under no illusions that what you guys do is easy, because I, now that I've talked to people who are doing it, I'm like, oh yeah, there's a lot of work that goes into it. But you guys always seem like you're having such a good time. I'm like, this is a, this is awesome. I wanna
0: try. <laughs> well, we're just husband and wife. We've been together since we were in high school and uh we're now Oh on- my gosh
1: <laughs> It makes us sound really old when we say that we've been together for twenty years.
0: <laughs> yeah, all together twenty wow. years. Oh my-
3: you guys?
2: <laughs> I just want to like talk about you guys for an hour. <laughs> yeah. That's well, really cool. Do people do that a lot when you tell them? Are they like,
1: oh, it's either that or really?
0: For that long. Wow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it can go either way. So, yeah, we, yeah. uh, Steven had this idea to start this podcast. Um, January, he started our Facebook group where we wanted to start spreading more positivity, putting it more into social media wanting to, you know, overwrite not only our news feeds, but also our minds with the negativity that it is becomes like our minds become, um, mm-hmm. you know, just always bogged down and so easy to get sucked into that rabbit's hole. And so he started this and he goes, I really want to do this as a podcast. So not only to tell our story and give tips along the way of marriage and parenting life work etc but like start interviewing those that have had like some amazing stories that they've gone through and like their yeah. insight and their wisdom that they yeah. can also share perspective with everybody
2: i love that i really love that that's it's like you guys are coming from such a wonderful positive place and like you said there's there's enough uh, negativity out there. So it's really nice that you guys are coming from a place of, like, let's bring some joy into this world. That's really cool. I like that.
0: Thank you. And we uh, we appreciate, you know, how people do this in their own own way. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, with this movie you have coming out, this is kind of your film debut, but you are also an accomplished stage performer, and you've been in <laughs> over 25 theater productions in like Philadelphia, New York, and Washington, D.C. Now, what really I think is cool, everything that you do is cool on, on your bio here, but violinist <laughs> and pianist.
1: And the, do you sing opera? Did I hear that on one of those podcasts? <laughs> or was that a joke? Yes.
2: No, that's, that's absolutely true. I'm a... <laughs> You know, it's so ironic because, uh, yeah, I am making my film debut and, you know, the acting thing for me has been uh, a passion um, since I was a kid, but um, most people here in my hometown and, like, where I grew up and everything, like, they don't know me really as an actor, so this is, like, shocking for them, because the majority of people know me as a musician in general, but specifically as an opera singer, and so they're just, like, it's like how what you said you either get the reaction when you tell people you've been together twenty years, you either get the aww, or you get the really I get when I tell people I'm an actor, I get, Oh my gosh, that's so cool or I get that that's nice. Are you singing these days?
3: Are you still <laughs> singing
2: these days? And I'm like, No, no, not really. <laughs> that
0: that was must... yes,
3: that's true. <laughs>
0: That's crazy. How do you still play uh, violin and piano?
2: I, you know, I do, and I'm, I'm, I'm so excited because actually one of the things I'm working on right now, I have, um, I have a couple web things coming out, and I, I'm shooting one this coming Sunday, and the director <laughs> literally just said to me yesterday, he calls me up and he goes, "Hey, so uh, you know, I know you play instruments. Do you think you could throw a little something together for you know?" credits music I'm like I yeah what you what, what what did you have in mind he's like I don't know it's a little, little violin maybe a little cello whatever you got laying around I was like yeah sure let me just throw all that together in a day sure <laughs> but I probably will um yeah no I, I I started playing violin when I was four and um I've kept it up um I don't take lessons anymore I stopped taking lessons around like 18-ish but yeah I still play and then I yeah I play piano um, and then in the mix I sort of picked up viola and cello uh, just for fun and then yeah I sing as well so yeah
1: still a little bit of everything Just I I can just for fun (laughs) just we're going to throw in a few extra instruments just just for for fun fun.
2: well I, I have you know I have five sisters and um we all play instruments, we all had to learn and so, you know, while I was on violin, I had a sister that was doing cello and I had another one that was doing viola, so they would, you know, when they were kind of elsewhere, I would just sort of pick up their instruments and just give it a whirl and be like, hmm, I wonder, you know, similar, it, they're, they're similar you know, constructs it's just the bigger the instrument the, the larger the strings, but the, you know, The way to play it is basically the same so if you play one you could pretty much figure out the others so uh i don't know it's not it might not be as impressive as it sounds but um yeah i just kind (laughs) of through the years was like oh yeah that viola i know how to do that okay i could do that um it gets tricky when you have to read music though because then you know like the violins written in one class, but the cello is written in a different one. The cello is written in a different one. So that's three different ways you got to learn to read music. So that's when it gets tricky. But, yeah. Did I scramble your brains yet? Did I throw it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you threw me back to the days of playing clarinet, and I couldn't even pick up one of those anymore and try to remember how to do any of it. So you just <laughs> blew my mind.
3: <laughs>
2: well, when I was studying opera, I um, I won a scholarship, actually, to study and part of my scholarship requirements were I had to take music theory. And I have probably had uh, maybe like 15 years of music theory altogether. I, I could probably teach it at this point. I just haven't. But, um, yeah, so all that stuff I, I've had to study in depth. And it's all fascinating to me. It's very interesting, but it's also, you know, to some people i know
3: it can be
0: kind of boring so (laughs) no i think it's awesome the that there's someone so passionate behind the education of music i i've been Mm -hmm. a music buff if you will but the education and and knowing you know a lot about it and the notes and everything that stuff i don't know but i could pick up a guitar or go to a piano and kind of put something together that sounds like something Mm -hmm. if you're not already a musician but um yeah so let me throw you off guard for a second with all of your knowledge and your background and and education what's one of Mm -hmm. the favorite bands that you're listening to right now
2: oh man so i have a yeah that's like really unfair because i (laughs) i love music and and we're such a musical family um but the first one that came to mind i'll say this is because i so i also teach acting And um, I'm taking my students through like a crash course of the history of film. Um, And we were just talking about Busby Berkeley the other day. And I was showing them a clip from, some, you know, Busby Berkeley musicals, which are, you know, these wonderfully visual, you know, kind of like kaleidoscope images from like the thirties or whatever. And, And then I happened to be on YouTube a couple days ago and i was listening i was looking at music videos for the band okay go and they're they did uh, they're the ones i don't know if you're familiar with them but years Mm -hmm. ago they had the video that it was like the four of them on treadmills and they were all dancing on treadmills and it was just like the most mind-blowing thing i'd ever seen (laughs) um and then of course i went and watched, you know, seven other videos that they have and they're all incredible. But one of them that they did, they were inspired, the guy said, um, by Busby Berkeley. So I showed my students the music video and it's, you know, it's the four of them on these like motorized scooters, like in Japan and they're shooting it. And it's, it's, it's like the most incredible video I've ever seen. It's, it's all real. And you know, he said it took them like two years in advance to plan out how they were going to make the video happen. But it's it's awesome. And the thing is, their their videos are visually amazing. But then the music is catchy as hell. I love it. So <laughs> I that's I was listening to them um, yesterday for a couple hours without even looking at the videos. I was like, no, this music's pretty awesome. <laughs> but so I'll I'll say them. They have a a video where. They sing a song and they use the car as as their instrument and they have an obstacle course set up. The car basically like strikes different objects in time with the music. It's it's pretty awesome. If you have a chance, you should
0: check it out. But
2: yeah, so there, I'll say them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Love it.
0: That's very intriguing. I like that. I never would have guessed something like that. I don't know what I would have thought, but I didn't know if it'd be, you know, new or poppy or you know, hip-hop or what what it would be so I have a that was awesome
2: huge, yeah i have a huge uh scope of musical you know likes i i love all kinds of different music and depending on the day and really depending on the mood um you know you might get a completely different i mean last week i was listening to like lenny kravitz for like three days straight mm-hmm. um And before that, I think I was listening to, like, I was on a nostalgic kick, so I went off on, like, the Spice Girls for, like, a day. Like, Uh I, you know, it just depends on my mood or some driving, you know, that kind of thing. But I (laughs) love music.
1: That sounds about like us around here.
0: Yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. We're from South Dakota. Where are you from? We know you have five sisters. How did you, uh, we know how you got into music. You started that young. How did you get into acting and performing and and want to go down that too? Wow,
2: South Dakota. I've never, do you know, I was supposed to uh, be there. I was on a tour and we were going to tour um, the Midwest and Southeast. And I think a little bit of the Northeast, but I ended up leaving the tour before we got to the Dakotas. So I'm bummed because at least I could have been like, I've been there. No, I can't. (laughs) Um,
0: Well, if you come, (laughs) we'll show you around.
2: Nice. Yeah. I I heard it's very cold there, but um, yeah, (laughs) I, I'm actually from Philadelphia, PA. um, Yeah. That's where I grew up. And yeah, I have, I have five sisters. I'm the fourth, out of six and um so acting for me started really young and it was like so yeah so music started at age four but i cannot remember a time that i didn't want to be in front of a camera and like i remember when um when my dad got our first, like, video camera, you know, big clunky thing that we had in, like, the early 90s or whatever. Yep. Um, and I remember the day he brought that home and, you know, he would just videotape everything in sight. And I just, you know, there's me jumping in front of every frame, every person, just being like, no, 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 eyes on me, eyes on me, you know. Um, and when I was young, I had, you know, my older sibling's did uh theater in school and i remember going to see their plays and i was fascinated by the idea that like you could be my sister but then on stage you could be this other person from like the 1800s and wear a costume and have an accent and be you know a completely different person for an hour and a half um i thought that was the coolest thing and so i got into that just by watching you know them um And then there were little things, uh, you know, I I was fascinated with, like, Tina Turner and um, Stevie Wonder when I was a kid. And so my parents would have me, like, perform little songs in front of company when they were over. So, yeah, I just was always performing. It was just kind of just a part of who I was. Um, And then... I was fascinated with movies as well. Like I used to I mean, like I used to sneak downstairs like three or four in the morning on a school day and this is at like four or five years old, by the way. And watch like Gone with the Wind was usually the the one I picked most often, which is a really as an adult looking back I'm like it's a very problematic choice. I'm pretty sure I could have picked a number of other movies that would have been better, but sure. Come with the wind. We'll go with that. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's bizarre and it's a long movie. I mean, three hours, but (laughs) I was intrigued by that whole world. And I love, and I still love, you know, old Hollywood and the actors and actresses from that time. Um, and I, I, I loved it. And then, so that's where that started for me. And then going through school, you know, I began to notice, you know, when you do school plays that you have to be in, um, and I would be the only one taking them seriously, <laughs> you know. My other friends would be, like, terrified of having to get on stage and, like, recite a poem, and I'm like, better get on that stage. Like, this is important, you know. <laughs> um, and then when it got to the point in school where you had to audition for plays, I did that. And, you know, I started doing that. Did that all through high school. And then I started doing community theater outside of school. And, you know, and then also uh, at this point, I was still playing violin. I was up to about six hours a day of practicing. And the thought was, I may go do that professionally. Um, but I knew pretty quickly. I was like, look, this is not, I don't want to do this. Like, I'm not. Going to be a violinist. This is a hobby. Um, So, in uh, middle school, about age 14, my parents were like, Look, you should keep up your musical gifts. Why not try something else? So, I said, Okay, let's try singing. So, I started doing that. Turns out I had probably the most talent in singing over everything else. Um, So, I did that all through middle school, all through high school. I actually got to tour in Europe. Um, I got to do uh, a tour with an orchestra. And then I got to sing opera over there as well, which is really awesome. And then um, college came and it was like, you know, my parents are like, we think you should do this music thing. You're really good at it. And I'm like, I'm ready to pack the car up and go out to LA and take my chances. And they were like, absolutely not.
3: So, um,
2: (laughs) I, I went to college for musical theater, and I figured, you know, I could get the best of both worlds, and, you know, maybe I'll use musical theater to get my foot in the door, um, and I, yeah, I went to Ithaca College, and studied musical theater, and I graduated, and then I moved to New York, and, <clears throat> excuse me, and then I, was performing and I got cast in a national tour and that's the tour that should have brought me to South Dakota. Uh, But I left the tour. Yeah. I left the tour before that. Um, It was, it was a wonderful experience. It was a six month tour and you know, it's, it's children's theater. So that's another world in and of itself because children, they do not hold back when they have an opinion about you and they will just tell you to your face like and um the show was i don't know if you're familiar with um the musical is called seussical the musical and it's it's a musical based on the characters of dr seuss and i play a character who's the name of the character is called the sour kangaroo she's not nice by nature And I would have these kids coming up to me after every show. You're nasty. I don't like you. (laughs) I just think that it's so, I think it's hysterical. I think that stuff is so funny because kids get so invested, you know?
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, It was great. It was a great time. But so I did that um, for about six months. Uh, And then I moved home. I was burned out. I was like, I gotta, I gotta take a rest. So I came back home to Philly, and I had my daughter, who's now 13. Oh, my goodness. Um, and and I've been here basically ever since. But, you know, when the time came after I had my kid, it was like, what are you going to do? Are you going to go back to New York? Are you going to do musical theater? What are you going to do? Um, and I had to make some difficult decisions. And it was, it was really hard. I had a really rough uh, time after I moved back here. Um, because, you know, I made the choice. I, I decided, look, I'm going to be a mother first and an actor second. And I hadn't really had that choice before. So, um, quite often acting had to be put on the back burner in order for me to put food on the table and pay bills. Um, because something I was very determined to do was I want to live on my own. You know, I want to be in my own place with my own child and, and, you know, really do that. Um, I don't want to have to, you know, depend on my parents or live with them or whatever. Um, so there were quite a few times where you know I was working regular nine to five, and in every industry you could possibly imagine, I have done it. Um, and yeah, and and then would try to audition for things on the side. So it became this life of, you know, raising a kid, working a nine to five and doing all of that during the day. And then at night going to rehearsal, sometimes with my child, sometimes not. Um, And just my goal at that point was just let me stack, you know, credits on my resume. Let's just get as much work on there as possible because someday when I have the freedom to really pursue it, I want people to look at that resume and say, well, she was still working all this time. She was still working. Um, So I auditioned for everything and anything that I could for, you know, I auditioned for so many short films or student films or whatever, um, and just, you know, thousands of plays, um, everything that I could. And yeah, I mean, there were times where I was doing plays back to back and I was in rehearsals seven nights a week so uh, sometimes, yeah, sometimes I'd be working with someone who'd be like, yes, bring your kid. We get it. You know, we know how it is. And then other times I'd have to call in you know, mom and dad and say, hey, can you babysit? Um, but yeah, I just did, you know, as much as I could. And it wasn't easy. I, you know, I went through, I had a very uh, pretty heavy period of depression that, that followed, um, you know, making that decision to stay home. and lots of things happened but you know I basically stuck with it and then in 2018 like halfway through 2018 I was working as a barista making coffee and I was like you know what all right I'm I think I'm ready to make this push to what I really want to do to what I've always wanted to do um and I, I met someone who at the time was a friend a friend of mine who's now my boyfriend. But uh, at the time, I called him up and said, look, you know, I've seen you on TV, which means you either have an agent or a manager. Do you know if they're looking for new people? He said, yes. Yeah. And so I met with her and I signed with a manager. And then um, within three months, I started booking some commercials. And that was really cool. Um and then I booked a TV show. I actually booked an episode of Jessica Jones on Netflix.
3: Oh, wow. And,
2: yeah, it was awesome. And this was within the first six months. So I, uh, I went up to New York, did the whole thing, and I had lines. Like, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to be in the background. Like, I had lines or <laughs> cool. Um, did the whole thing. And then a couple months later, they called me and they said, Ms. Priestley, oh, we're so sorry. We're so sorry. We had to cut your your part for time. And I was just like, Because of course, I did that cliche thing where I told everyone and anyone.
3: Oh, so I was yeah. Like, I'm
2: going to be on with <laughs> And then, of course, yeah. So that was a bummer. But by that point, I was like, whenever I don't get a part or whenever, you know, something like that happens, to me, it's always been like, oh, but that means something bigger and better is coming. Um, so I was bummed for like a day. And then I was like, wait, but that means something bigger and better is happening. So I can't wait to see what that is, you know. Yeah. And then um, a couple months after that, you know, I get a an audition for a film. And I did that. And then I got the part. And that is Concrete Cowboy, <laughs> which is coming out next year. So yeah, that's been my journey. That's like the nutshell of my journey.
0: It was very well done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, no, it was, it was great. Cause you went through, you talked a little bit about depression and you've had a, a kid that you're raising throughout this whole time. And mm-hmm. um, you, uh, I mean, I can't imagine what it's like to deal with that kind of rejection and, you know, trying to go through auditions and, and uh, that kind of thing.
1: Working regularly, plus having to like work at night while you're balancing it all. How? What was like one thing that got you through every day that you, you know, helped you to stay positive instead of being like, nope, that's it. I'm thrown in the rag. What was your your key motivation there?
2: Well, you know, I'd be lying if I said that there weren't days where I was just like, you know what? Maybe the acting is not for me. Maybe I should just, you know, maybe I should just give this up. You know, it's not working out. Um, But I, I personally, I would always come back to the fact that, you know, I don't, I get excited about a lot of things, but I don't get passionate about a lot of things. And for me, this was a passion that I'd had since I was a child, and it never wavered no matter what the situation, no matter what the circumstance. And I just always felt like, you know, gosh, if I feel this strongly about something that i love then i should probably i should stick with it i could i should just see where and how far i can take this if i feel that strongly about it you know music um in some ways for me came a lot easier but i never felt as passionate um and other things i tried you know dance uh all the other jobs that i did you know there was a time where you know my parents and, and they were always very supportive in their own way. Always, you know, whenever I needed babysitting or whatever, they were there. But they always, you know, they do the parent thing where they go, OK, you sure you want to do this? You know, um, and they would always say to me through the years, you know, we'll try, you know, try this job. You never know. Maybe you'll like this job or maybe you'll, you know, it's time to stop looking at jobs. You need to look at a career. Maybe you'll like this career instead. And. I always tried to go into those things with an open mind and within you know the first two or three days, I'd be like, yeah, no, this is not the job for me. I know what I want to do. I know what I want to do. Um, so I guess at the end of the day, it was just like, I always felt like, okay, no matter what I'm doing, this is all just going to be temporary until I get to what I want to do. Whether it takes a few months, whether it takes a few years, I'm going to do um you know what what feels right it's just i i'm not ready yet so i have to just wait and the waiting is the hardest part because if you've already decided in your head that you're gonna do something then the waiting is just you know torture because you're just like gosh now how much longer how much you know how much more money do i need to save or you know how how many more months until i can you know have a job where i can just go to any audition i want to and and it's not a big deal. So, yeah, I think it was just a combination of all of those things. But I, I for me, it was always like, this is just temporary. It's always temporary. Um, and then, you know, when I did finally make that push, it was like, okay, now. And if you're going to do it, you're going to do it 100%. You can't just like be, eh, I'll show up to some auditions. Like, no, you got to do it. You know what I mean? Um, but I was ready. I was ready once the opportunity came, I was like, yeah, this is it. You better not, you better not mess it up. So let's go. So, so, yeah.
0: So you're, um, are you in Philadelphia now? Like, is that where you go to a lot of the auditions? Is there like a movie TV scene there or?
2: I am in Philly now. Um, yeah, you know, it's, uh, COVID has really, you know, like oh. everyone else is put, it's put such a rent in things. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it's it, it's frustrating because when we were filming the movie and everybody, you know, was in my ear about, oh, you know, I was excited about what the potential opportunities might be and what doors this might open for you. And I'm still hoping that's the case. But, you know, the, the, the buzz was, so when do you think you'll move to L.A.? Like, when do you think you'll be West Coast? And now that's all scrapped. And I have no idea, you know, if I if I want to do West Coast or not. Philly, um, I would say the theater scene is huge here, and there's a lot of talented folks here, which is wonderful. Um, but there's not a lot of movies happening here. You know, we don't have the the tax breaks that you know L.A. and New York have, and um, which is silly because there's there's a lot of potential here, but. I do think um, like 2019 was a kind of a big boom for us. There were like three different TV series that shot here with like Jason Siegel and um, Sally Field was another one. And I can't remember who the third one was and night Shyamalan did one here. Um, so we had three big productions come through in 2019, which is really huge for us. And then of course, concrete cowboy shot here, which is really big. So okay. I do hope that that, you know kind of put silly on the map as far as oh that's a, that's a nice city to shoot in um but i would say we're still up and coming as far as you know some of the bigger players
0: <laughs> so um i happen to have been a fan of it's always sunny in philadelphia does that is that yeah. shot there is it is it really anything like that
3: <laughs> Do you know
2: it's not shot here it's not shot here, which is such a shame. Um, they shot the opening credits here, you know, where they're just driving through the thing. Yeah. Uh, but they, yeah, the the show itself is not shot here. Why
0: the hell would you do that?
2: I know. You know, uh, Rob McElhenney, he's from here. So I'm like, why would you know? You wrote this story. You know what these people are like. Why on earth would you shoot it in LA? But <laughs> I think for, I think for like budget reasons, they did that. But oh. um, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm bummed because I'm also a huge fan of that show, huge, <laughs> and a lot of the uh, landmarks that they mention, or even like the the other bars that they mentioned, like in the pub crawl thing, those are all actual, you know, Philly locations. And, yeah, so, um, and it's accurate, you know, Philly, we're not, you know how our sports fans are, we're not very nice. (laughs) I don't include myself in that, but you know, we're not very nice. So, that show, I think, is, is frighteningly accurate. No, and then the other show that I think is so funny and accurate, too, is, um, if you ever watched The Goldbergs on yeah. ABC, mm-hmm. that that is definitely 80s era Philadelphia suburbs like <laughs> to a T, and that's actually where I'm at. I'm not in the city; I'm in the suburbs. So every time they mention on that show, whenever they mention like Jenkintown or the Willow Grove Mall, like that's the mall I got my prom dress at. Like I, <laughs> it's crazy to me. So um, that's exactly what my like my street, my community. That's exactly what we were like in the eighties is what you see on Goldberg. It's scary. How funny that is. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, silly, silly. Sort of thing. We're, we're getting there in terms of people going, Oh, okay. We, maybe we can set some more things in here. Um, what was it? How to get away with murder. They did a couple scenes here. I know the series was set in the Philly area. Um, not necessarily the the names of certain things they changed on the show, but they did shoot some scenes in our area here too. So, you know, any little bit that we can get on our, on the map, I think is good for us.
1: So now when you shot Jessica Jones, is that out there or did you have to um, live elsewhere to do some of those scenes? What did you say again? New York? Is that what you said?
2: It's yeah. It's not in Brooklyn. Um, They have a, a studio. Netflix has studios all in Brooklyn. And, um, so now, I mean, you know, where I'm at, I'm just a hop, tip, and a jump away from New York. So I took the train up. I was there. I had to be like there at like seven in the morning. So I got a train at like 5 (laughs) a.m. Um, but yeah, and then, you know, I'm, I'm able to just take the train up and hop on a subway and I'm there. Well, that's awesome. Um, Yeah, it's, it's really nice. I mean, you know, thank God I'm not too far. Um, and, but I've had, I've had other things where, you know, I've called up a friend and said, look, I'm going to be in New York. I have to be in there for like four or five days. Can I come crash with you? And then they go, yeah. Um, so that's, you know, the benefit of having some actor friends in New York. They, they understand the spiel and they're always offering their couches. But, um, normally I just, you know, I can just hop on a train and I'll bet up there. It's, it's fine except for when you have to do, an audition in New York um, yeah. and since COVID we don't really, I haven't had to do an in-person audition since COVID hit. Um, all my auditions are like self-taped but it used to be, you know you'd go all the way up there and then get in the room just to say, what do you mean he has a gambling problem? <laughs> thank you! <laughs> and that's it! And then you're like, thank you and then you go home you're like it took me half a day to get up
3: here you know what I mean oh wow like, okay yeah so now
1: so, you, you have a 13 year old that's like the same age as our oldest daughter she turns 13 on Monday what does she what does she think oh of mom God, being an impressive. actress I know it's so crazy I, to have like this teenager already in our house but teenage
2: years man buckle up it's a woo, it's
1: a ride so now
2: I, you know, she's looking at me because she's in the other room right now but I will go on record as saying I had the sweetest little toddler girl and now I've got this mouthy teenager no, it's girl. it's wonderful <laughs> she's she's hilarious it's I I think it's kind of funny that she gets to kind of brag, but until the movie comes out, it means nothing. Cause it's just like, <laughs> sure, your mom was in a, sure, with Idris Elba, and I know Santa. Like, you know, it's like, okay, well, yeah, that means nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I had a couple commercials playing, that was, that was interesting because then, uh, I think she got a lot more, wait a minute, was that your mom on
3: TV? Or
2: like, Cynthia, I saw your mom in a commercial. She played a cop. You know, that's that's really funny type that's, of stuff. But That's awesome. Yeah, she just walked by me. She goes, I am a wonderful
3: teenager. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so she gets to be kind of like your number one cheerleader along for the ride with you, getting to watch as your, you know, career is like starting to blossom and grow. And it's like she's at like the perfect age where she can experience it with you.
2: Yeah, it's, it's really, it's kind of hilarious because I think, you know, it's one of those things I've been talking about forever and, you know, she's seen me do stage stuff, but for her to be like, um, her dad is actually a New York based actor as well. So she said there've been times when like, she's been up there in New York or with, you know. family down south on vacation and they'll have the TV on and there there goes my face and she's like oh my gosh it's my mom like that <laughs> is hilarious to me that she can be like that's my mom <laughs> I think that's hysterical mm-hmm. so yeah she doesn't seem to mind I think it's nice that you know she gets to brag a little bit um, I I definitely I've got cool points among her, her friends they're the right age group because In the movie, you know, my son is played by Caleb McLaughlin from Stranger Things, and all the little 13-year-old girls in her class are just in love with Caleb McLaughlin. So that, more than Idris, more than anything else, has made me kind of the cool mom is (gasps) like, you got to touch Caleb McLaughlin? I'm like, I mean, (laughs) yes. Yes, I did. I sure did.
0: Well, I, I kind of understand what you're saying. It's not anywhere near your caliber, but I do some radio <laughs> advertising around here, and I, I do some of my own commercials, and so my kids will hear it on the radio, and they get excited. And they used to more, and then their friends are like, oh, yeah, I heard your dad on the radio. And so, like... Uh, facetiously i'm saying like i it's super awesome that you're on commercials and i remember like (laughs) when one of my little radio commercials come on i was all turning it up and being giddy about it yeah (laughs) Yeah. well
3: it is
2: it's like it's kind of cool right i mean
0: yeah her friends thought i was kind
2: of neat yeah like my first uh commercial that i did i'm i'm Buying a car online with a friend, although we never really established. I'm like, why are two friends buying a car? she my girlfriend. Like, what's happening here? We don't know. (laughs) We're two people sitting at the kitchen table buying a car. Sure. Okay. Um, But, you know, like we're speaking in rhyme and the, the commercial itself, it just made no sense. But when that commercial came out for like the first week that it was playing, I just felt like, the biggest celebrity and you know and i think i only saw the commercial like on youtube like between like videos type of thing mm-hmm. but i just felt like such a celebrity i was like oh my goodness it's my face like uh. <laughs> and like you know people on facebook be like oh my gosh i saw you and like yeah it's you know it's and this- now looking back i'm like that's that was that was nothing
1: <laughs> no it's the celebrating it it's the nothing. small victories it is celebrating mm-hmm. every one of those steps that you accomplished in life, and that exactly. is amazing you have to woohoo all of those little <laughs> things
2: exactly I mean yeah, ultimately for me it is it is a sign of something it's the sign of that you know perseverance and and all of it so you know yeah, it made me incredibly happy. It's just so funny when you know like People from high school that like I didn't really talk to all that much are now suddenly on Facebook like, hey, so you your commercials. So you're like an actor now? And you're like, yeah. It's <laughs> <yes, I know." laughs> <laughs> cool. I feel <Still sighs> cool for like a minute.
1: <laughs> right. And absolutely, you should uh, rejoice in those moments. Yeah. Yeah. I think so.
0: <laughs> so now you're about to be... Uh, one of the largest, biggest celebrities ever to touch the earth, and <laughs> you are going to be in the next or in a Netflix movie coming out maybe somewhere in January, February, twenty twenty one. Concrete Cowboys, yeah. tell us yeah. all the deets on that movie.
2: <laughs> well, well, with deets, I mean, there's so many. I could tell you the audition deets. I could tell you what the movie is about. I could tell. You, I mean, there's so many deets. I don't know. There's so many. It's such an incredible thing. I want to write a book. Like, ugh, I just want to write a book. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the whole experience must have been fantastic.
2: It was. I mean, you know, like I said, I, I, I had been auditioning and stuff, but you know, and I, I did audition for a couple films, but they didn't come through, and um, you know, I don't know if when I auditioned, if my manager knew at the time that Idris was involved. Um, if she didn't know, I think it was wise on her part, you know, if she did know rather, I think it was wise on her part not to tell me right away. Uh, Cause I think it would have just thrown me off. But um, you know, when she sent me the the script to audition with and everything, she just was very like, oh, you know, movie, your auditions on Friday, you know, something about Cowboys Philadelphia, have fun. <laughs> I was just like, okay. Um, <laughs> And I remembered, like, hearing something about a cowboy movie and something about Idris Elba in a cowboy movie, but I didn't, like, it didn't click for me. Um, And when I was preparing to audition, I, you know, the script that they gave me... um, at that point, because the character has changed a bit, but at that mm-hmm. point, you know, it said in the description, it said, this character it looks like she's lived a hard life, or she looks like she's lived a hard life. <laughs> I was like, really? But I said to my manager, I said, is it all right if I go in there looking a little rough? Because I I didn't think that I had, um like, a real chance to be in the movie of any any sort, no matter what the level of budget was or whatever, I just didn't think I had enough experience. But mm-hmm. I wanted the casting person to see that I could play a serious role because she'd always um, called me in for you know the kind of like commercials. I call them like Target moms or like Walmart moms, but you know what I'm talking about, like the yeah. very happy like Soccer who's mom? ready for school <laughs> It's like. Who's not- her backpack, like those
0: ones, yeah. you know. And
2: I'm like, I can do those very easily, but I wanted her to see, like, oh, Liz can do some serious stuff too. So I said, you know, it's all right if I do a little method. It's, it's all right if I look a little beat up. And she said, yeah, go for it. So I did. Um, and I can't say everything that I did in preparation, but I, I did. I looked bad. I stayed up for like three days straight um i had a lot of caffeine <laughs> and i just i ran lines for like hours upon hours a day cuz the other thing they sent me like four different scenes to audition with which is rare i usually get i might get two pages and i might say two or three things total um But this was four different scenes, and they were like, please be memorized, you know, please be ready to do any of these four. And I was like, all right. And they were intense scenes. Um, and the very first one was like, I'm getting evicted out of my apartment. Um, like it was, you know, I'm there with a cop, and I can say this because this is not in the movie. Um, but you know, I'm there with a cop, and he's basically like, you got, you got 10 minutes to grab what you can, and then we lock these doors and you're out. Um, And I think elsewhere in the script it said that, you know, my character was a drug addict and she needed to go to rehab. And that's why uh, her son was was leaving or why she needed to take him to his father because she was just a mess. So, um, so I made sure I looked like a mess and I was a mess. (laughs) And I, you know, I went in there crying, um, Like, I went into the audition room crying, which I don't normally do. Um, And, you know, and I would sit there on the couch waiting for my turns, crying in the waiting room. And, like, people would be near me and they'd be having conversations with each other around me and just kind of pretending that there wasn't this emotional ball of a woman just (laughs) bawling her eyes out in the corner.
3: Um,
2: Yeah, but so I did that. Um, I did the first audition I left and I felt good about it. And then like a day or two later, they were like, we want you to come back. Um, and so I had to do the whole thing again. I had to stay up. This <laughs> was like, they called me on a Friday to say your auditions on Monday. So I had to stay up all the whole weekend and have just massive amounts of caffeine and just running lines and just, you know, doing the whole thing. And I go in there again and I'm crying and uh, I did it again. And they said, thank you so much. And I left. And then a couple days after that, they called me and they say, we want you to bring you in again. Um, But this time the director would like to meet you. And at that point I was like, hang on. What, what is this? Like, what, what is this? Because I was like, what kind of, what is this movie? You know, and I, I did a little deep dive at that point. And that's when I realized, I'm like, this is the cowboy movie that I've been reading about that Idris is doing. So I go back and I read in the script and I'm like, okay, it's about a 15 year old boy, obviously. So Idris isn't playing the boy. I think Idris is playing the father. I think this is for his wife. (laughs) And then I go, well, I'm definitely not going to get the part now because they're not going to give an unknown actress with no film credits to her name, no experience in front of camera as far as they can tell, uh, a part opposite Isabel. Like, there's no way. So I I actually laughed about it. I was like, oh, well, they must be looking for a stand-in for, I don't know, Kerry Washington or something. Like, they're not going to give it to me. (laughs) So I was like, all right, pressure's off. No worries. And that's when I get a call uh, from my manager. And basically, as it was explained to me, there was a little bit of a behind-the-scenes action going on where... You know, because, again, this is pre-COVID, so the producers were like, we should, we should go with a name actress, a Carrie Washington or whoever, so we can guarantee butts and seats. That's what we want. And the director was like, I've seen this girl on video. I like her. I'm flying out to Philly. I'm going to meet her. And if she does it again, I'm going with her. We go with her. This is how it was explained to me. And I was just like, he said that. And they're like, yeah, he wants you. Wow. I was like, okay. So, so I go in the third time and I do the whole thing, stayed up a couple days, did the whole caffeine thing. And I'm, I'm, I looked like a mess. But at this point, uh, word had also gotten to me that they were changing the character slightly and that she was no longer going to be a drug addict that she was no longer going to be homeless and um they were rewriting it and i panicked because i was like is it because i'm not doing like is there something i'm not doing correctly like am i not selling it oh and i forgot to mention i actually i changed my speech pattern for the audition as well um Because, you know, she's Detroit. She's a hard-living Detroit woman. And I am clearly a very, you know, bougie-sounding, suburban, silly girl.
3: So (laughs) I
2: was like, I need to to fix this. So I had spent, like, 16 hours listening to this girl review, like, episodes of Love and Hip-Hop Hollywood on YouTube. And I formed my speech pattern around her. So I didn't even sound like myself either. So I panicked. I was like, "Is that? am I doing something wrong? And they were like, no, 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 do what you're doing. Just do it again. You know, my manager was like, just go in there, wear the same exact thing, do the same exact thing. You know, don't worry about it. So I go in and this time I get there and they're like, oh, you know, one second, director's just taking a phone call. He'll be right with you. It's okay. And I sat on that couch for 45 minutes sobbing waiting for the guy to come out and be like okay come on in um and it, i mean literally like at one point the casting person walked by me and she was like she's like worried about me she's like okay don't 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 cry yourself out it should be another five minutes maybe top. i don't know just just don't cry yourself out and i'm like okay <laughs> <laughs> and just like you know um but it was like you know, panic is adrenaline. You know, I'm like, don't worry, I'm not gonna cry myself out because like, I'm scared, like, I'm legit scared. I want this part bad now. <laughs> um, so you know, 45 minutes later, he comes out, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, come on in. Um, so I do the scene and I finished, and he, he came over to shake my hand. And it was the first time I cracked a smile, and he was just like oh my goodness, she smiles. And I was like, no, I'm very nice. I promise. I'm actually very nice. <laughs> um, but it was really cool. And I remember going out of there being like, you know, if nothing else, I was able to, you know, in front of a Hollywood director, do my thing and 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 feel good about it. Um, and then, you know, the next day they called me and they were like, you got the part. And I was just like, it didn't even register. I was just like, thank you so much. That's so nice. Thanks. and it was like I hung up and I go to call my parents and they were away on a cruise so it took a couple hours of me being like I know you're in the middle of the ocean please call me I have news please call me please (laughs) you know and then they finally get back to me it was like as I was telling my mom I got the part that's when I kind of started crying because that's when it hit it was like oh my gosh holy crap I'm I'm gonna do this oh my goodness like oh my gosh you know (laughs) And, and my parents, bless their hearts, they were even like, oh, that's nice. That's great. You know, like it didn't, it took all of us a while, you know, to really, to really have it sink in. Like this is a big deal. Um, like when they called me to be like, hi, we need you to report to horse camp on Monday. I was like, excuse me. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know, that's when it kind of sunk in. And then, you know, I had, um, a couple weeks just freak out and panic completely um, during which time they rewrote the script and they gave me the new copy so now she's she's a professional she's a nurse and she's just a woman who's at the end of her rope and is like I, I've done all I can for you I think you need your father in your life so that's kind of you know she sets in motion this whole story um, and and so, and then, of course, yeah, I go to horse camp, which is hilarious. And, you know, and then I show up on set for my first day. And, you know, normally during the audition process, at some point, you would have met your other actors to make sure, you know, you just, isn't is too tall when we're standing next to her or uh, next to each other. Or that, you know, Caleb and I actually look like mother and son or, you know, whatever. But none of that actually happened. So my first day on set was my first day meeting the two of them. And of course, you know, up until then, my manager's just like, now remember, Idris Elba is just a man. He's just another actor and you were there to do a job. I'm like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 right. He's just a man. Sure. Um, and of course, then, you know, I show up, I get there and they're like, let's, let's take you to your trailer. Like, I had a trailer. I still can't get over that. Um And, you know, and then, I get to the set, and I turn around, and I hear, Mom! And I, I look, and Caleb McLaughlin, 17-year-old Caleb McLaughlin, who's like a foot taller than me and four-inch heels, is just like running at me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what is my life? <laughs> <laughs> it was so crazy. <laughs> you know, so he runs at me, gives me a big hug. And then they immediately put us up on a horse together. And, you know, so I'm in the back and I'm holding on to him for dear life. And, you know, and and he was just so sweet. He was just like, don't worry, mom, I got you. Don't worry, you're safe up here. I got you. You're going to be okay. I got it, mom. I got everything under control. And I'm just like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then, um, so they get us up there and then they, they pull up our horse to where this other horse was just chilling. And I look over to my right, and a foot away from me is this man just smiling at me and just giving me a once-over and smiling at me. And I'm just like, I look at Just Elba, and I go, "Well, hello, husband." <laughs> and he goes, "Well, hello, wife." And I was like, I- "I'm gonna fall off this horse. I'm gonna fall off this horse." <laughs> like, it's crazy. I'm smiling now to think about it because it was just like, "Oh my god." Oh my gosh, he called me his wife. His real life wife was there too. She's like off camera. I was oh, like, Hello
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> But um it was awesome. I had I had basically had like a day and a half with Idris and I had about five days with Caleb, four or five days, and it was just it was delightful. I mean it was absolutely delightful. He uh Idris Elba is First of all, he is absolutely that gorgeous up close. Like, it's not even fair. You're just like, where's your flopper? Like, honestly. <laughs> um, he's he's definitely that. But he's also, he's very, he's so charming and so sweet. Like, he said to me at one point, he's like, so what would, I, uh, what would I know you from? What other things have you been at? And I said, no, this is my film debut. And he literally, like, he put his hand over his heart and he's like, i get to be in your film debut i was
3: just like are you serious like
2: are you serious i used to be sitting here being like oh my gosh i get to make my film debut with you (laughs) he's just like no i'm honored like what yeah he he was i just i can't even say enough nice things about him he's just the coolest and um he and uh method man who's also in this movie who is also so cool?
3: Yeah. Um,
2: he and Method Man would be sitting there just freestyle rapping and like hanging out with the the cowboys and just like shooting the breeze. I just thought that was the coolest thing. Like these are not the guys that are like, let me go sit in my trailer until I'm needed. They were just like, I'm gonna sit out here with everybody and you know just talk and hang out. And it was so wonderful. And then of course Caleb is so he's 17 when we shot i don't know where he gets the energy from because it was like between takes he's break dancing we're just like racing people or playing basketball and i'm just like exhausted like in a corner like oh you know um but i learned a lot watching caleb i really learned a lot he is you forget almost how young he is mm-hmm. um because he's such a pro and he's so good like he. He goes toe to toe with Idris Elba, like it's and it's like it's nothing. Um, it's incredible. I mean, you know, I had I had one emotional scene with Idris Elba, and I was just like kicking myself because in it, normally in my acting, um, if I want to cry, I can cry at the drop of a hat. But that day, I couldn't get the tears to come because I was with like, Idris Elba. It's Idris Elba. Like I couldn't get the crying happening the way I wanted it to and then but I'm watching Caleb and Idris do their scenes and Caleb's just leaving it all out on the table like he's just raw with it and I love it like he's just so good he's very underrated um and we got to bond a little bit because it's his film debut also and um so yeah so we you know and the director too he's only done short films this is his first feature the three of us really kind of you know we had some moments where we'd be like are you excited about this like you're gonna blow up are you ready like are you ready you know so it was cool it was the whole experience was amazing it was you know if i never do another movie which i mean i hope to god i do but if i never do another one i will always have this just incredible experience um you know, and it, and and I get to you know. I'm not somebody who likes to brag, but I do feel that I get to brag a little bit. at like I I made my my film debut not as like shopper number four in the background or whatever, but I'm you know I'm in scenes with Idris Elba. Like that, ah, oh, that's awesome. I'm I'm happy about that. I'm proud <laughs> a little bit, a little bit.
0: that's amazing i mean it it really is a great story how you come all the way around back to this and uh um for what it's worth you actually are our first interview with an actress or an actor or anything like that so this is our debut with you
2: Ah debuts all around
0: i'm loving it this is awesome yeah we're we're all about thing when
2: you do
3: something for the first
0: time it's so cool yeah i mean it's i love it it's uh it's very unique how this has evolved and you know you heard a little bit in the intro when we started that this is our also our 50th episode and you know when we when we started this we bought one uh cheap microphone off of amazon and then uh (laughs) we decided to buy a mixer and invest a little more and um fast forward 11 well 12 months yeah 12 months later and here we are interviewing someone like you and uh meeting all these people and (laughs) connections and relationships it's just i don't know it's crazy i feel like we've known you for forever already talking to (laughs) you like this so i know i love it
2: yeah well you know to get me started talking it's like okay liz you gotta wrap it up like stop it it's time we're done um but no it's you know and i love telling this story because you know it meant so much to me uh i'm just happy there's people who want to hear it i mean you know that's awesome
0: <laughs> definitely and uh i checked out the trailer so the trailer is at least uh released out there um and people can check you out on imdb but is there other we ways have an
2: actual- Trailer now? Is there an actual trailer now? Because I haven't, I you know I've I've been like on Google every day just trying to find every little bit about it that I could. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the one thing about COVID that has really been uh, such a struggle with all of this. I'm getting information in piecemeal, which is so frustrating. But um, <laughs> the last the last thing I saw was the clip from the movie where Caleb sees the horse in the house is there is there a clip
0: yeah that's all i think that's what was imdb so i wasn't sure if that was a trailer or or what they consider that
2: i think they're calling it one for now and then i think uh closer to its release netflix is gonna have an actual trailer but um but i love that clip it sets the tone for the whole movie The like there's a horse in your house, <laughs> it was good. Yeah, it's it's awesome, and I'm you know I'm really excited too because actually just this week, um, not this week, last week, um, a story came out in our paper about the stables that we shot our movie at because we we did use actual cowboys in our movie because I don't oh I didn't even say the 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 movie you know I take my son out of Detroit to his dad but he doesn't know that his dad is this leader of a group of black cowboys in present day philadelphia and the thing about this movie that i'm excited about is that people don't know that the black cowboys are a real thing they are absolutely real um and as a philly philly girl i've seen them now uh prior to this movie i was like huh but now that i've done it i'm like oh yeah there's one Um, But we shot at Fletcher Street stables and a bunch of their cowboys play cowboys in our movie. And just last week, an article came out that Fletcher Street is losing like pretty much all of its funding and they have to close a bunch of their stables and like how disappointed they are because, you know, they've had articles written and they have this movie coming out and yet money's not coming in and i was like oh my gosh we need this movie to come out right now i'm save these people i'm just so heartbroken
3: oh, but um yeah.
2: yeah it's it's such a shame because there's such a great group and there are stables like this i mean really if you look it up there are stables like this in every major city in the u.s they and we've been here forever they've been around since the civil war It's just that people don't really know about them because the funding isn't there. Um, So, yes, I hope, you know, I hope they can hang on until the movie comes out. And then I hope when people see it and they go, oh, my goodness, is this a real thing? And they get on Google. I hope that, you know, it helps them so much. Um, Yeah, that's my that's my hope.
0: Yeah, well, and I'm sure if anybody that's listening happens to be a a large fan of of that, uh, of horses and stuff, then you can just Google those guys and send them a big, fat check.
2: Please do. They deserve it. (laughs) They're wonderful. They're wonderful, really. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and we have one of the cowboys is making his film debut. He plays a major role in it, and he's never been in front of a camera before, and he's excellent. Like, oh, oh, I'm so excited for this movie. I can't wait. I can't wait. No matter what happens with me, I'm just excited for people to be like, oh my gosh, Black Cowboys, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, so I'm excited for it too. I can't wait to see it. And then we'll be able to go, oh my gosh, she was on our podcast. Can you believe that?
2: This is like, oh my God, it's me. <laughs> yes. Yes. And it's not like a blink and you'll miss it type of thing. I have like major scenes. This is happening, guys. It's happening.
0: <laughs> Ooh. Now, maybe you can't talk about it, but did you have to smooch him at all?
2: Do you know what's so funny? There was not a smooch written in the thing. And then our big scene where, you know, something like that could happen. Um, I, being the consummate professional that I am, (laughs) I stuck to what was in the script because I felt like I shouldn't ruffle feathers and just be that person. And then the next day we had a night shoot. And we were holding for a thunderstorm and I'm standing next to the director and he says to me, "Oh, I'm surprised you didn't uh, go for a smooch yesterday. <laughs> and I just stared at him like mouth agape. Like, what are you talking about? There wasn't anything written in the script. He's like, you yeah, know, I just figured you might just go for it. And I was just like, I didn't know I could. What? I didn't know I could. Do-overs. <laughs> do-overs you have power to call for a do-over right he's like ha, 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 no <laughs> i was like ah so no there is not a smooch in there and i am upset but it doesn't i i think when you see the movie you'll hopefully you'll see why a smooch actually doesn't really fit there i can see why they took it out because mm-hmm. it kind of It kind of implies something else is happening that isn't. And I was like, yeah, I see why they didn't put it in there. But, oh, I was mad. I was like, are you telling me? I could have just done one take where, like, let's try something different.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, live and learn, right? They're all about teachable moments.
2: (laughs) I was like, okay. So now I know. When you're on a film, feel free to improvise (laughs) because they are kind of expecting you to apparently
0: yeah listen up Um, world go for the smooch when you can
2: i know and i'll be honest there was one take and i don't know for sure if this is true but there was one take where i thought he might have been going in for a kiss and i and it was like you know the slightest tilt of the head type of thing but i full on full on panic and like turned my head fully the other way and was like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I can't, (laughs) you know? So I'm pretty sure there was one take where we could have. And I, I definitely was like,
3: (laughs) Like,
2: I I was so scared. I was scared. So that makes it worse. My boyfriend will to this day has not let me live that down. Right. (laughs) It's just like, my Liz, we all we both have our ones. You have the you have the opportunity. You did not take it. I'm yeah. like
0: <laughs> That's what I was just thinking about. Everybody has that little he list.
2: Was, <laughs> yeah, we you know, you know, we all have a one. And he was like, But you best because he's an actor too. So he was like, You best believe if I ever get on a set with Halle Berry, I'm gonna take my opportunity. And I'm like, <laughs> You say that but you don't know what you'll do under pressure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that would be really intimidating. I mean, talk about your your story, too, is overcoming so many different things that, you know, some people are nervous about just, you know, going out in public or going and meeting yeah. people at work. And, I mean, you're going to be in front of potentially millions of people. And, uh, you know, what must have gone yeah. through your head and all that. You just, what a, what a story of overcoming and sticking with it. And, God, you've done so much in your life. You toured Europe. I mean, <laughs> what the French toast? I've never, I never... Yeah never thought, you've been in Europe already, and I like, boy, I sure hope I can go there for $20,000 a day once.
3: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty awesome. I hope, you know, one day I'll get to, you know, maybe write some memoirs and get to tell some fun stories, but it's, you know, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this last thing, but, you know, I got to chit-chat with Idris between takes and... I said to him, I was like, I have to tell you this because it's ironic, but this is absolutely true. A year before we shot the movie, I had a free, a rare, like, free weekend to myself. My daughter was away, and I was like, I'm going to go to the movies because I like taking myself out to, and, you know, this is like, I don't know if they have these where you guys are, but if you have movie tavern or something similar where you can basically, you can recline in the seat." You get food and a cocktail. And I was like, yeah, that's my kind of movie watching experience. (laughs) So I went to the movies. I have a cocktail. I'm laying back and I'm watching The Mountain Between Us with Idris Elba and Kate Winslet. And I remember because, you know, unfortunately, the movie did not do to wall, And I was like one of the few people in the theater. And I said out loud because there were not that many people around. Man, I really hope I get to work with Itch's Elbow one day. It would be so cool. And then it was literally one year and one week later that we were sitting there and I was telling him that story. And I told him it and he just like was looking at me wide eyed. <laughs> he was like, he was like, that really happened? I was like, I swear to you, like I still have the, the movie stub, the ticket stub. Because I was like, no, I can never throw this away now because I remember and I had the date on there and i was like oh my goodness it's been a year and a week and now i'm sitting here doing what i said out loud
0: wow so you manifested you know, that shit
2: you know speak it out into the universe that's i that's my thing speak it out if you want to make it happen say it out loud because once you say it out loud it has to happen yes right. you know what i mean like you can't just you can't, you know, it's not like you can tell people, oh, I'm writing a screenplay. And you can't just not do it. People now know about it, that if there's expectations. You put that out there. That means things are going to have to happen. And I fully believe when you say things like, oh, I want to work with blah, 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 or I want to do such and such. When you say that stuff out loud, it means you're, you know, it's a certain determination that you're calling out to make that happen. And, um, yeah, I was just like, it just. I'm here and I I spoke your name out loud and he was just like that's wild <laughs> yeah. that's wild." and this is so, only
1: the beginning of those all taken off now for you
2: I hope so I mean you know I'm really uh, I hope so and it's like you know COVID man like we're so close and yet it's like okay okay alright but then that just means something bigger and better is happening I don't know what our industry is going to look like I don't know how we're going to overcome this, but you know, we're going to figure out stuff and it's going to be good. And I hope to be a part of it. So I hope so, but you know, well, at least I guess we'll find out it after, you know, January, February. <laughs> I guess <we'll> find out.
0: <laughs> yeah. At least you shot it and the hard work's done and now they just have to release it. And then all those affirmations will fly in and other offers and you can manifest all sorts of other good stuff. And then, yeah. um you'll do hopefully you'll do a bunch of follow-up as, episodes with us because we were so neat yes. you won't forget about <laughs> us <and laughs>
2: yes. Aww, no i can never forget about you guys this <laughs> has been like these podcasts have been so amazing and i've gotten to meet such amazing people um and like i said this is a different side to the industry so it's been like this has been so delightful and enjoyable for me, just getting to know people on this side of it. So I like, I have like a little chart going, I've written down everybody's names or like, I make sure I got like emails and things. And um, yeah, cause I, you know, I, I want to take everybody with me to the top. There's as many people as I can anyway. <laughs> so
0: we'll ride your coattails any that's day.
2: I'm riding yours, so we'll ride each other's. Book yeah, we'll ride each other's.
0: Ride each yeah. other's until I get Method Man on this show, because that would be yeah. crazy. <laughs> we'll I
2: need a do-over with Method Man because I talked to him for like twenty minutes and then walked away, and then realized that it was Method Man. <laughs> like I didn't, oh. I didn't realize in the moment that it was him, and I just like I spent twenty minutes fan the method man over idris Elba, like how embarrassing! I was like, this man probably is like this girl. <laughs> oh my god,
3: this
2: We had that but talk the other like,
3: day.
2: I, yeah, I I literally I walked up to him and I was like, really? I just got to stand there and it's Elba, and they're like, just geeked out. And he was so sweet. He was like,
3: oh, that's great. Yeah, good for you. That's <laughs> awesome.
2: Yeah, all right. And then I got to my car, and I was like, oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. Who did I just talk to? That was nothing, <laughs> man. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord.
0: <laughs> just wait till everybody's saying that about you.
2: Oh, man. Wouldn't that be awesome? It Wouldn't will that be, be hilarious?
0: It, it will be. You just <laughs> manifest it right now. It will be.
2: I hope so. Yes, I'm manifesting it. One day, people are going to be asking me for my autograph.
0: yeah send me one send us one we'll take one (laughs) awesome uh liz you've been absolutely amazing this has been a a really good episode it's our 50th and i'm glad you could be a part of it and it's your debut and our debut and with you and we're all debuting it up and uh (laughs) yeah so check this out on netflix uh january february ish early 2021 um concrete cowboys because you're episode liz is gonna come out with us december 16th mm-hmm. so we're gonna oh, have awesome. yeah we're gonna have good play time with this and and uh we'll uh, we'll attach all the good stuff and take all the good stuff so people can uh you know track you down and see how cool you are themselves so
3: I cannot yeah, wait
1: to awesome. s- what was that i cannot wait to see the movie i'm so excited to see your debut
2: Oh, thank you guys so much! I'm so excited too. This is gonna be, uh, it's gonna be wild. I'm gonna watch it one time, and then after that, I'm gonna be like, I can never see it again. I can't see my face. <laughs> but, um, no, I'm I'm excited too. And and when I uh, get a, a a firm date for the release, I'll try to make sure I let you guys know. I'm trying to make sure I let everyone that I have spoken to know as soon as I know when this is actually coming out. So. I'll
0: keep you posted. Yeah, definitely. We want to keep helping promote it and, uh, um, you know, ride each other's coattails, like we said, so then we can resend this back out to the world when it's uh, getting close.
2: I love it. That sounds like a plan. Yay.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you very much for for joining the uh, Positively Midwest vault of family members that you're now (laughs) a part of and our first actress. And uh, um, this was a really awesome experience.
2: Thank you guys so much. It was absolutely my pleasure.
0: Thank you. This was uh, monumental, if you will, for us. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'll
0: see what you did there. I'll see it. Y- yep. <laughs> oh, beautiful. <laughs> well, thank you again, Liz. Um, I will get you a copy of this ASAP. I can email it over to you so you can have a sneak preview and, and jam it out with whoever you'd like to. And then, uh, Yeah, like I said, it'll come out the 16th. Everybody check her out. And, uh, yeah, the movie, Concrete Cowboys. Thank you.
2: Yay. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it.
0: You bet. Have a wonderful uh, week and Christmas there in Philadelphia.
2: Yes, you too in South Dakota. Stay warm where you guys are. Oh, boy.
0: Well, it's 40-ish lately. And here, it's usually about 20, if not colder and a lot of snow. So, actually, this is like South Dakota short weather.
1: Yeah! Wow! We oh have no goodness. snow right now, which is very, very strange for us.
0: Yeah, we're supposed to get it for this week. Yeah.
2: Oh no! Oh, see look, you talked it up. No, no, no! I do not like snow. That's one thing. I, I, I just, uh, I, ugh. I don't
0: like it. Well, make sure you come but visit so far, us. none
2: for us either.
0: What's that? <laughs> make sure you come visit us in the summer then, and we'll we'll, yes, we'll show I'm you all like, the cool stuff.
2: I got to come for the swimming weather. That's what I'll be there for. Yeah. Yeah, man.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: That's
0: awesome. All right. Well, thanks cool. again, Liz. Well, we appreciate you, you.
1: Thank you. Have a good Absolutely. night. Absolutely. You too. Bye bye. Thank you.
0: Bye bye. <sighs> well, Mrs. Durant.
1: I just, my mind is blown. We have met some amazing individuals again lately. And what an opportunity it was to talk to Liz. I mean, she's up and coming. She's making her debut in a Netflix film. Like, how crazy is that? Yes,
0: it is super amazing and super crazy. And uh, so, Concrete Cowboys, check it out on Netflix. We'll be posting about it as it gets closer. And there's uh, more trailers and things like that. Because it is pretty cool. We got to um, catch somebody, um, up and coming in that situation. So hopefully you found some positivity and some inspiration throughout this. You can see that no matter what you want to go for in your life, everybody has ups and downs. Um, she was a, what was it? Barista?
1: Yeah. She was being a barista when she finally, uh, got this audition in 2018. She started doing commercials and stuff. And so, She's definitely gone through the hard times of being that struggling actor, trying to figure out, you know, her game there while being mom and everything else. So she's definitely, you know, overcoming all those obstacles.
0: Yeah. So you can overcome these obstacles. You can never give up, never surrender, keep taking the action and stay positive. You never know what's gonna happen. Uh, and manifestation can be very powerful. So
1: Yeah, and in the words of Liz Priestley. Something bigger and better is coming. So stay
0: positive. Doggy. Close her out? Absolutely. Thank you all from the bottom of our hearts for listening to the Positively Midwest podcast. Our hope is to inspire, engage each other's thoughts, and leave you with some great advice. Be sure to join our Facebook group and follow us on Instagram at Positively Midwest Podcast. Make sure you like, comment, share, and screenshot our podcast with all of your cool friends. Every little bit helps. We are on most all major platforms, and you can stream it on our website at PositivelyMidwest.com. And thank you, and as always, stay positive.